0: And welcome back to the Doctor Connect. Today is the Christmas episode. And for this one, it's been a mix of talking as well as and, uh, the yeah, old-timey the, the radio programs. Because you know, like I am a fan of the uh, old-timey the radio shows. The, the ones that, that, that I most commonly listen to are the uh, the uh, the are the mystery ones and sometimes i even uh, listen to some that's um more sci-fi horror type and even really uh, 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 even the occasional uh for uh, comedic ones and in this context or this uh, piece that the one that have been chosen uh, for this is called pepper Maggie and molly like this is a program from the thirties to the sixties or bit later. And, um, yeah, and kind of the thing with it is that yeah, like it's the, uh, the, the, the yeah, I'm not really sure if it can be fully uh sort of heard from the the door will be there. But I think I'll mention after
1: everyone you are now listening to wls the voice of prairie farmer america's oldest farm paper chicago the johnson wax program Of Johnson's Wax deliver a tippy advertisement of department store delirium and delightful ditties with Rico Margelli's orchestra, Kay Donner, Claire Baum, and that slightly cuckoo couple of confused customers, Fibber McGee and Molly. Right this way, folks. Right this way. Elevators to all floors. Yes, son, eight Toys on the 14th. Back in the car, please. Don't push. All right, that's all, folks. Going up. Okay, boy.
2: All out here, folks. The 14th floor, Wistful Vista Department Store. Here's where you buy your Johnson wax, your kitchenware
1: and copper Tech. Just... Cigar Department, Joe Havana, Marchelli's Orchestra, Kay Donna, Slowcoat, Christmas Trees, and Holly. Hello there, Sebo. Hi there, Molly. Fountain pens, did
2: I hear you say? And what's marshmallow going to play? Pens, madam, try the new mix, Lico, while the band plays Liza. Take it, Rico.
1: Of Johnson's wax, you can now have beautiful polished floors and linoleum without any work of rubbing or buffing. Just try Johnson's Glow Coat, the remarkable liquid floor polish that shines as it dries. Your floors will take on new life and beauty, and your work will be much easier from the day you first use Johnson's Glow Coat. Fibber, McGee, and Molly on the 14th floor of the Wistful Vista department store. Go sound, please. Where well, do we got to go first, Molly? On account of
2: because I want to go downstairs and look at some golf clubs. You will uh, see no golf clubs today, McGee. Where's the list? What list? The shopping list, figuring it, that I give you before we left the house. <laughs> Shucks, is that what that was? <laughs> yes, that's what it was. And I sat up all night making it out, too. Where is it, McGee? Why, uh. I, uh, I folded it up and stuck it into the toe of my overshoes, Molly. <laughs> they was too big. You see, I bought them two sizes too big when they had that there sale at the Bontan Bootery on account of because they was all out of my size, but chucks, I think, the sale the sale, I think. Maybe so I take off your old shoes and give me that top. I can't do it, Molly. Why can't you? I ain't got them on. <laughs> it wasn't sloppy out, so I Heavenly day. what a man. That's what everybody says, Molly. <laughs> oh well, we'll just have to get along the best we can without it. Now let's see. I know we was going to get teeny a doll. And... Pardon me, can I get by? Oh, I'll say so, baby. Any place? <laughs> <laughs> Step aside, you're blocking the aisle. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, ma'am. Don't mention it. Oh, just a minute, ma'am. Can you tell us where the toy department is?
1: Certainly.
3: Three aisles over to your left.
1: I'm going to buy the little boy a sled.
3: Oh, a little boy? Oh, yeah. Hey, come back here. <laughs> my,
2: my, you're sure quick on the snappy comebacks, McGee. Oh, yes, is he? <laughs> How do you ever think of him so quick now?
3: Oh, me do it.
2: What's that noise? That's the rap encounter, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? I said ah, that. Ah, it ain't funny, me. Okay. Come on now. The
1: toy department, I guess. Right over there, folks, for your free coupons. Get a Christmas tree to delivered at your home free. Get a lucky number of tickets, folks. Okay,
2: Bob, give me a coupon. Right over there, sir. The man at the escalator will give you one. chef can't you give me one? No, sir. They'll hand you one in the escalator. Okay, okay, shut. Say that the fellow off all the Hey, Molly, wait a minute. Hurry up, McGee. Where have you been? Hey, Molly. What's the osculator? The osculator. Yeah. Why, the osculator is a A kisser. Okay. Oh, so that's it, huh? Where are you going now? I got to see that smart guy that says he's going to hand me one on the escalator. <laughs> Come back here. He meant the escalator, the moving stairway. Don't be silly. Oh, oh the escalator. Oh. <clears throat> oh, gee, here's the toy I to <laughs> Get a load of them little trains. Ain't they cute? Please, don't play with the toys, sir. Let them alone, McGee. Oh, shucks. They seem to be real tender about their locomotives in here.
3: Have you any dolls, ma'am? Oh, yes, madam. What kind of dolls? Japanese, Eskimo, May West, Sinopla, hmm. Shirley uh, Temple,
2: Walking Dolls. Oh, no, no, no. Just ordinary dolls. Well, we have some lovely Joe and Crawford dolls, madam. No, I want this. And to the play. sweetest Ginger Rogers only. <coughs> hey, Molly. How do you like the gum? Pretty nifty, ain't it? Don't bother me, McGee. Haven't you just a plain mama doll? No, but we have the loveliest Claudette Colbert dolls. And... and and no mama dolls. Well, can you beat it? I'll say I can. Listen. Please, sir, don't handle the toys. Put it down, McGee. Oh, but just okay. worry You asked me could I beat it, didn't you? Yes, but I... Ah! Oh, you no, know, I didn't. I... Oh, never mind. Listen, ma'am. Have you no plain ordinary doll that says, "Mama"? I'm sorry, madam, but all the dolls this see are the Shirley Temple type or <coughs> Mary West or the <coughs> two softest or Heavenly Days McGee. Be quiet! I was just trying to see if these here horns was through the pitch. I remember when I played first cornet in two cities, solo saxophone symphony. I was oh, sitting there one. Oh, before. for goodness' sake, McGee! Will you go and sit down someplace till like, I buy me a doll? Well, okay, okay. But remember, Molly, dogs don't say "Mama" anymore. State modern. They say, how am I doing, hey, hey? Something like that. Ain't I right, ma'am? No, sir.
3: <laughs> no, well, it's all right. Gee, looky
2: here. You say madam, you want to see
3: madam. I got well
2: one?" A see real see. engine yeah. bow and arrow. <laughs> Chuck ain't shot one of these here bow and arrows since 40 years ago. A
3: real <clears throat>
2: stiff bend to it, too. <laughs> Off that rockin' horse over there was an antelope... Oh! Oh!
3: Oh! For heaven's sake, what happened, sir? What do you do now,
2: McGee? I was just going to ask what you do. Did you got one them dog through the counter or something, sir? How hey! How much are these? Here, building blocks, ma'am. Never you mind the blocks, McGee. Did you or did you not shoot that bow and arrow through Listen, the Molly, the floor the walker's going to make an announcement.
1: Friends and customers of the Whistful Vista department store... Senior Mark Kelly and his toy department troubadours will entertain you with a selection entitled Red Sails in the Sunset. Miss Kay Donna from our sheet music department will sing. Miss Kay Donna.
2: Sing. Sail away.
3: To he sailed at the dawn. All day I've been dreaming. Bed sails in sunset. I'm stuck in you. With you must borrow. Make straight for the shore. We marry tomorrow, and he goes sailing no more. Red sails in the sunset, way out on the sea. Oh, carry my young one home safely to me. For the soul, we and he goes
2: Then what if I says I saw you shoot the arrow and drop the bow and quick pick up the building block? <laughs> I say you was absolutely right, Molly. <laughs> then why do you say it was impossible? Well, <laughs> yes, hey, Molly. You can't shoot a bow and arrow through a showcase. You can shoot an arrow, but you can't shoot a bow. <laughs> <laughs> I see you marched over and say for that showcase, glass. Okay, okay. I was going anyway. But hey, look, Molly. I died. Did you ever see such a big jack-in-the-box, is that there? Don't be always changing the subject for you. I hear but, but just look at this here jack-in-the-box, Molly. Yeah, hey, I'll bet teeny deep be tickle hey, to get one like this. Keep here. your hands off of it, you Must experiment with everything in the toy department. Oh, shucks, I just want to see what the bad rider thing looks like when it's open. I'm supposed to be
1: open There They must be attached to it. Oh, here, here its <laughs> Hello, friend. Oh, I know there was a catch to it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I certainly am glad you opened the subject, Fibber, because I just wanted to tell you about Johnson's Glow Coat, the remarkable no-rubbing floor polish that makes your floors sparkle and gleam without any work of rubbing or buffing. Now is the time to brighten your floors and kitchen linoleum. They'll shine like you in a few minutes' time if you use Glow Coat. They'll be protected, too, from scuff marks and wear, and they'll stay clean and polished for weeks at a time. You have no idea how much better your floors will look and how much less floor cleaning you'll have to do until you use Johnson's Blow This fine, no-rubbing, liquid floor polish is made by the makers of Johnson's Wax. Look for the attractive yellow cab. And now, Fibber, I'd better get back in my box. Uh, will you push this lid down on my head, please? Sure, Harpo. With pleasure. Yes. Oh! <laughs>
2: Out of this dead red crowd. Oh, for heaven's sake, McGee, we're not half through yet. You carry the doll. You betcha. This one here? Oh, let go me! McGee, Set that girl down. What's the idea? Except you told me to carry this doll, and I was going to... Stop st- clowning. <laughs> I meant this doll obscene. Oh. Excuse cute in there. Come on, McGee. Say, Molly, I got to stop at the cigar department and get some cigars for more tooth. But more tooth don't smoke cigars, McGee. <laughs> I know, but I'll
3: teach
2: him. I know the ropes. Hey, sis, where's the cigar counter?
3: Just opposite the elevator, sir. Oh, have you tried our new shaving lotion, sir? No, I I never used it. Oh, it's a delicious odor, mister. We call it Moonflower Madness for masculine males. (laughs) And we also have a lovely Bay Rum for men. It's French fragrance for fatigue faces. And our top hat, them, Oh, you just... Have you tried
2: Johnson's glow
3: coat, Flora?
2: My name ain't Flora. <laughs> i was just going to tell you that Johnson's glow coat is the best beauty treatment for Flora. <laughs> but if your name ain't Flora, we'll just let oh, it go. Oh, we'll my.
3: you. <laughs> Quit
2: your chaffin' and come on. Okay. Just <laughs> yep, for a minute, I was scared she was going to squirt some of that uh, flora de all over my face. Well, <laughs> come on now, hurry up. We... Oh, oh, oh. Excuse I didn't see you coming.
3: <laughs> you see, ma'am? Say, <laughs> hey, where's the book department? <laughs> the book
2: department?
3: Why, there? Next is...
2: floor down, bud. Next floor down. Four rows back and two to the right. Oh, say? Don't oh. mention it. <laughs> Come on, Molly. McGee, why, the book is on this floor. You sent the poor fellow down to the next side department. I know it. You see, Molly, he had his shopping list in his hand, and all the names were kept off for his father's. When I seen his face, I knowed that anybody that had a son looked like that wasn't smart enough to read a book if he did get one.
3: <laughs>
2: but even the dumbest folks wears his time. <laughs> Pretty quick thinking, if I do say so myself. Oh. <laughs> well, here's the tobacco counter, McGee. Where? Right up there, ignorant. Well, I don't see no tobacco department. Oh, use your eyes, McGee. Don't you see the sign? What sign? Well, right there before your face, the one that says... Accessories for the devotees of my lady, Nicotine. Well, what the tunk of that got to do with smoking? Oh. There's something in smoking accessories, sir. You see, Oh, <laughs> sure. You ought to put some chewing tobacco, a corncob pipe on the counter or something. Yeah. How's the fellow to Can know you carry that... carry cigars, mister? Yes, indeed, madam. Yes,
1: indeed. Okay, bud. Cut him out. Yes, sir. Now, here's a very special import, exclusive with us. A clear Cuban cigar in the new streamlined Panatella. Only seven fifty a box. Mm.
2: Okay, then. Looks good. How many in a box, son? Two hundred? Oh, no, sir. Ten cigars. Oh. Ten? Ten cigars for seven bucks and a half? Yes. <laughs> what are they rolled out, of, gold leaf? <laughs>
3: How much
2: did you wish to pay, sir? Why, well, just I, I was looking for two-fers. 2 Sure, 2 <laughs> 2 Two-per nickel.
3: Oh.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm afraid, sir, we couldn't accommodate you with an inferior tobacco. Oh, plant. you better get them someplace, else. Hey, listen, bud. Don't tell me nothing about no inferior tobacco. You're talking to an old tobacco man. Quit chewing tobacco man. Now, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, Molly. Listen, bud. You know what they used to call me? Tampa McGee, they called me. No. Tampa McGee, the tip-top tornado of the tobacco trade. <laughs> Why? I had me the finest tobacco plantation in the whole world, down in Costa Rica. Well, I just never used to ship tobacco F.O.B. like they do now. No, sir. No, sir. They shipped at A.M. In the morning. No, ask McGee. <laughs> I'll never forget the time I had me my tobacco farm right next to old Burpo Bower's rubber plantation. You want to hear about it, bud? I'm afraid not, sir. i have to... Well, sir, this was way back in 1899. Or was it? No, oh, it was 19 or 2. Or oh, 3? Uh, let's see now. Come to think of it, it was 19... Pretty tobacco house you have here, mister. The tan one. Tan. That was it. 19 tan. <laughs> well, sir, I had me the finest, strongest, mellowest tobacco anywhere. And old Burpo Bowers, he had the adjoining plantation full of rubber trees. <laughs> well, sir, one day during Hurricane 1911, the fence blew down between the plantations, and some of his rubber plants got into my tobacco, and some of my tobacco got into his rubber plants. <laughs> I thought my crop was ruined till I tried smoking some of it one day. <laughs> and then when I see the smoke rings I blew bouncing and hopping across the field, <laughs> I knowed I had something. <laughs> I made two million bucks in three weeks, blowing rubber smoke ring auto tires for the export trade. <laughs> well, Well, uh, what did your tobacco do to Bower's rubber crop? Oh, it ruined his rubber crop into that part of the field. On account of because when they made teething rings out of his rubber, they had to give the kids to go with us. <laughs> department i want to price the midget radio you who are you busy ma'am? not at all can i help you hey ain't you the gal that waited on testing the toy department oh yes but they transferred me after you broke the glass in the showcase oh now you see what you've done mcgee why took this i paid for it oh please i gladly paid for it myself to get away from those children they were always getting into everything you know how children are oh yes indeed i do they're always fooling with things. McGee, quit turning
3: them
2: knobs. Come on. <laughs> Chuck, I was just trying out this here shortwave set. I suppose you get shortwave better onto these here midget sets, ma'am, huh? Short set, shortwave, huh? Oh, no. But here is a wonderful little shortwave set. The English stations come across beautifully. The English? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I thought them fellas never would come across. <laughs> London
3: on that set, man. Oh, certainly, any time. Shall I show you? Yes. Uh, listen to this. Uh, I think London is, uh, let me see it, number 120. Really? No, 120. <laughs> Cheerio, everyone. This is that jolly
2: little wireless station, H2O. H2O across the water. <laughs> hey, <laughs> funny, Liney.
3: <laughs> Nevertheless, we are back on the air again after having a spot of tea, you know. Now, don't buzz off because we have an amazing bit of news foil, as the, as the in America get a burden of this. <laughs> we have here, we have here on the studio, His Lordship Sir Cash and Walnut, who's kindly consented to come down from his cheerful estate, to come to and park up a city of drums, to give us a bit of advice on the subject. My own is McCarthy. Interesting, no end. What, what?
2: Are you ready,
3: Sir Cassius? My, my, isn't
1: it wonderful, McGee? Listen, Molly, I don't want to miss none of this. Uh, speak right into the belly, little gadget, your lordship. Oh, I dare, i Thank you. Friends, I want oh, to y- urge y- you yeah. to try this easy-to-use, mm-hmm. no-rubbing floor polish before the holidays. Once your floors and linoleum are protected with a bright glow-coat polish, you won't have to worry about dirt tracks and shove marks. Soiled spots, wipe right off. Why, here's how easy it is to apply glow coat. Just pour a little of this liquid polish onto the clean floor. Then spread it lightly over the surface with a soft cloth or the special glow coat applier. You don't have to rub it in or exert yourself in any way. Glow coat dries in 20 minutes and shines as it dries, making your dull, dingy floors bright as new. By the way, it's very economical, you know, to order glow coats. In the larger size can, you save as much as one third by buying the larger sizes. Shit. Yeah. Harpo would be where I couldn't say nothing
2: back at him. Cut <laughs> it off and get something else, Sis. Oh, get some music, ma'am. Why don't I sit down here and rest my feet?
3: All right, I'll see if I can get that.
2: Or maybe Denmark. <whistles> right there, Sis. I think that's Russia.
3: And now, folks, a swell
2: little number called You Are My Lucky Star. Mark Kelly and his men are playing it from the toy department of the Wistful Sister <laughs> department store. Lucky, <laughs> is it, McGee? Yeah. You're coming from hundred and fifty foot away! <laughs> just like a real one. That's what they don't think of these days. Leave it alone, Mickey. Oh, Let me work it just once, Molly. Hey, Molly, look. <laughs> Even the money in it looks real. <laughs> Say, won't some kid get excited. Say, what are get... you
3: doing in that cash register? Get ah. out of there. Oh, Mr. Bowen, Mr. Bowen. Ah. No problem, What's the please. Mr. Bowen, What did you tell me? I know it was
2: a real.
1: special announcement about the Amateur Songwriters' Contest now being conducted by Rico Marchelli. If you have an original melody which you think might be made into a popular song, send it to Rico Marchelli, in care of the National Broadcasting Company, Chicago. It's not necessary to buy anything in order to enter this contest. Everyone is eligible excepting professional songwriters. A cash prize of $100 will be awarded by the sponsors of this program, F.C. Johnson & Sons. And in addition, the winning song will be published by Irving Berlin, Incorporated, who will pay the writer standard royalties. The winning song will also be featured on one of the Fibber McGee future broadcasts. This amateur songwriter's contest closes January 1st, 1936. For complete information about the contest rules, address Rico Marcelli in care of the National Broadcasting Company, Chicago, or see the current issue of Radio Guide, which gives full details of the contest on page 8. Don't forget to return to Whistle Vista with Fibber and Molly next week at this same hour. They'll take a bridge lesson, they tell us. So listen and see if 13 cards to a hand is really unlucky. Until then, this is the mayor of Chinatown, John Singh Wax, alias Harlow Wilcox. Good night. This is the nice National Broadcasting Company. Broadcasting
0: Company, and we'll go back to the episode. And, uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, like it's a, yeah, it's a fun one. And uh, like, uh, before I mentioned before, like it started. Uh, yeah, like like the like in this show. <coughs> like, uh, Fipper McGee like is known for telling tall tales, of uh, his wife uh the, the uh the really like his wife like always tries to uh to, to recommend and we also have the the things like the, the, there are you know, like there are some side characters that that appear or don't appear or uh, okay okay it depends on the the episode that's <coughs> being presented. And also there is a uh, gag. the witches uh like they yeah, like far better in like like in TV or films uh, There is on the radio but like it'll be like uh, be like there's this closet that they have and uh, uh, the and whenever the Pepper or Molly, his wife, to open the door, uh, everything comes out. And like he mentions, do whatever, or like after the, the, he opens the, the door, oh, uh, I need to, the, the, uh, 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 to clean it out and change it. And then it never, it never gets fixed or dealt with. And the uh, Decades that they've been on the air, <laughs> uh, uh, hence why it's called a running gag in this context. And uh, sometimes these old-timey radio programs—they take some uh, known, uh, like books or. Stories and they retell it in their the the uh, uh, in their style and in they be like sometimes they the, sometimes it's just very you know, like kind of a bit uh, blatant blatant in the sense that they're like hey uh, like uh, yeah, uh, kids yeah you the know, like kids who are uh, related to the the, the the characters the main characters or the the the, the main characters ha- have to do the the, the 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 like do community service because they made an error of some kind or uh, and thus they uh, tell this known uh like, like a known book story or a Christmas type of thing to uh, children on or near the uh, the uh, this day. And like uh, 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 and this one next the episode that uh, is from a uh, is, is from a detective uh, a radio show called Nick Carter. And it's like.
4: Uh, yes, it's another case for that most famous of all manhunters, the detective whose ability at solving crime is unequaled in the history of detective fiction. Nick Carter, Master Detective. Tonight's curious adventure. A special Christmas story.
5: Nick Carter's Christmas Adventure.
4: Or the mystery
6: of the reluctant contributor.
5: Well, Nick, we've been pretty lucky so far, haven't we? Yes, Covey, we have. Which is another way of saying that folks are usually willing to contribute to your settlement house Christmas party every year, Nick. You know, Scubby, I was just thinking about this last name on our list. Yeah, Rasper. I don't know him personally. You? No, I don't. But somebody must have thought he was rich enough or interested enough in the work to make a substantial contribution. Oh, here's the. Hey, is this? Hey, Nick, what's that address again? Five seventy-six Milton Avenue. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And there's his name on the doorplate. Well, let's take a look, Scubby. Well, gosh, this doesn't make sense, Nick. A guy with dough doesn't hide away in a place like this. Well, knock on the door anyhow. Oh. Doesn't seem to be anybody here, Nick. No, hold it, Scubby. I hear someone coming. Oh. Who is it? I'm Nicholas Carter. May I speak to Mr. Rasper, please? Nick Carter, eh? Yes, yes. And this is my assistant, Scubby Wilson. How do you do? Uh, you Mr. Rasper? Yes. Well, come in, come in. It's cold out there. You're letting all the heat out. Oh, beg your pardon. Come on, Scubby. Yeah, I'm in, Nick. I'm in. Well, what was it you wanted? Oh, Mr. Rasper, I've come to see if you would care to make a contribution to my Christmas party fund. I never make contributions. Oh, but you didn't let Nick finish, sir. The fund provides food and extra clothing for the needy and deserving children. The charity department's still working, isn't it? Well, of course, Mr. Rasper. but my object is to provide an inspiration for the young people who are underprivileged. People who haven't got any money are always trying to get it from those who have. Then you aren't interested in seeing that the children of the Lincoln Hall District are helped to a little happiness on Christmas Day? No, I'm not. Christmas is old-fashioned. I don't believe in it. It's a waste of money and time. Good day. Oh, well, Mr. Rasper, it's always been a lot of fun for me personally. And I must say that I've always felt better for celebrating it. And I'm glad to agree with Scotty, Mr. Rasper. Christmas has always been a bright spot in my life. And I feel sure that if you knew the good it has done throughout the world, it'd make you change your mind. Rubbish. Well, in any case, a Merry Christmas to you. Good day to you. Merry Christmas, indeed. A lot of nonsense. Come on, Nick. Let's get back to civilization. You know, Scubby, that man's wealthy, no doubt about that. And yet he's soured on Christmas. And everything that it stands for. <laughs> you said our mouthful, Nick. You know, Scubby, there must be reason why he thinks that way. And I'd like to find out what it is. Yeah, but you haven't anything to work on, Nick. Oh, no, Scubby, I haven't, not yet. But look here. I can finish up whatever has to be done this afternoon. Suppose you hop down to the newspaper office and go yeah. through the files there. There might just be something we could learn about Rasper that way. Okay, Nick, I'll be glad to. Then I'll have Riley check through the files at headquarters. It's a long shot, but something might turn up. Sure, maybe Patsy has run into something while she's been working down at the settlement house. She might know somebody who knows something about Rasper. Yeah, she might have that. I'll ask her about it. Okay. And maybe with all of us working together on it, we may learn why Rasper's so dead set against Christmas. I'd certainly like to find out. you, Nick. Uh, Riley talking. And I've been through my files here. and I, I can't find anything charged against a man named Ben Rasper. Uh, he, he was licensed to do business with a man named Howard Lowe, but Lowe died some years ago. Otherwise, Rasper is just a successful businessman. Yeah, that's right. Uh, i tell you what, though, Nick. There's an old fellow named Fred Anderson who used to be on the force who knows Rasper. Uh, sure, uh, you can find him at uh, Lincoln Hall where you're given the party. Uh, he, he's the watchman there now. Okay, Nick, that's all right. Uh, see you tomorrow. Hello, hello. Oh, yes, Scubby. Oh, you did, huh? Sports motor. huh? Well, well. What was that name again? Chris Baum. Why, yes, yes, I recall. Oh, no, I'll be there in about an hour or so. I want to call Patsy first. Right. And thanks, Scubby. Bye-bye. Jingle bell,
6: jingle
5: bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride and what nothing can say. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way over. Hey, Patsy? How's everything, huh? Oh, fine. I'm coming down to the hall. Is there anything you want me to bring along? Uh Uh-huh. Why, sure, I can do that. But will that be enough, though? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Scubby just called. Oh, he found out something about Rasper. What? You did, too. How old is he? Named Jimmy, huh? And he's coming to our party? Oh, fine, fine, Fancy. Okay, I'll see you in a little while. Bye. Oh, that's fine. We've collected enough to do this year's party up right. Now let's get organized. Riley, your job will be to get the kids and the needy persons rounded up. Oh, sure, Nick. I'll take care of it. I got your list and the list from the social worker and from the church down there. And there are plenty of others who will need a lift this year, believe me. I know it, Riley, and I'll depend on you. Scubby, it's your job to see that the tree and decorations and gifts are taken care of. Don't worry, Nick. Decorating is my middle name. I'll make Lincoln Hall look like a million dollars in cash. (laughs) Good boy, good boy. And, Patsy, you'll see to it that there's plenty to eat and drink for the party, so I won't have to worry about that. I'll take care of the bills, and you have the letters of credit the stores gave us. You know how to do that.
7: Sure thing, Nick. Good. I've been through it with you often enough before. I ought to know what you want by this
5: time. Uh, well, what are you going to be doing, Nick? Me? Well, Riley, I'm going to do a little detecting. I'm going to look into those tips you, Patsy, and Scobby gave me about those people who know Ben Rasper. And by the time I'm through, I hope to find out why it is that he hates Christmas the way he does. And then, well, then, maybe I'll be able to do something about it. Hello. Yes, this is for talking. Yes. I sent you the bill, didn't I? Well, what if it is due on the twenty-seventh? No, just because it's a holiday, it's no reason for bills to be unpaid. Ah, goodbye. fool, nonsense. That's what it is. A lot of you foolish... Still talking big, ain't you, Rasper? Well, who's that? What do you want? Don't you remember me, Rasper? No, I don't remember you. Who are you? They used to call me the kid. Chris the Kid. Chris? Sometimes known as the human flesh. Chris, you. Oh. Well? It's been a long time, Rasper, hasn't it? Uh, how'd you find me? Who sent you here? A fellow named Nick Carter told me I'd find you here in your office. Even if it is Christmas Eve. Nick Carter? Oh. Yes, wanted me to give him some money for some fool party. Oh, for the party at Lincoln Hall, I guess. He's never asked me for anything. Just gave me what I needed when I needed it. Yeah, so he hired you to come here and take up my no, time to get. No, he didn't send me here. Just said I'd find you here. That's all. I came here on my own accord, to, just to wish you a merry Christmas. <laughs> Thought you'd say that. Well, I don't mind, because it's on account of Nick Carter that. I can stand on my own feet again. Not on account of you. What's that? Mind if I uh, sit down? It was on Christmas Eve that we won our first fight, wasn't it? Fight? Oh, yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I can remember the noise of the crowd, the glare of the lights and the smoke curling around and the brightness over the ring, and you leaning over me with that wet towel. You got him going, Chris. Another one like that last round, and you'll have him in the ropes for the count. How do you feel now, kid? Come on, okay, Rasper. Just let me at him. I don't have to wait anymore. It's my meat right now. now you take your orders from me, kid. I'm the brains here. When you get the signal from me, you'll give it to him. Okay, Rasper. You're the boss.
6: Go ahead, kid. Keep that left up. Keep your shoulder high. Give it up. That's right. That's the I Now you can take him.
5: Chris, no! There were a lot of those little affairs after that, Rasper. And I always did what I was told, huh? Yes. You're a good fighter, Chris. Good fighter. I made a lot of money for us in those fights, Rasper. Well, a lot in of the old days, Chris. Lots of water's gone under lots of bridges since then. I know. And the percentage you paid me didn't last long, either. It went just like that water. But I didn't care much about things like that. Till the day a friend of mine came and gave me a warning tip. That started me thinking. Oh, Kent, how do you feel? Oh, hello, Rasputin. Where have you been? I wanted to talk to you. Well, I've been around. What's up? I got a tip today. That you're signing up Timmy O'Day. You're going to manage him. Who told me? you that? Never mind. Is it true? That depends. Depends on what? Look, Kid. you're getting slow. O'Day's fresh. He'll be the next champ. If he wins this fight with you tonight, I'm taking him over. I win tonight. I'm taking no day over anyhow. We've been together a long time, kid, and it don't pay to get into too much of a rut. So that's all it means to you, is it? Money. The payoff, huh? What about all the years we've known each other? What about the things we've been through? Why, you... No, don't, don't get yourself all in a sweat, kid. It isn't good for you. You'll get your cut anyway. Don't worry. You'll get your cut. I'll see you later. Rasp. what I do? Tell me what to do I can't see him. My eyes all popped up. He's cutting me to ribbons. Tell me what to do, (laughs) Lasker. Don't bother me, kid. Use your own judgment. You're on your own, as of now. But Lasker, you always... You're on your own, kid. I can still see it sitting there in the ring corner laughing at me. But that was the last thing I saw for a long time. Old day, sort of, that... You must have coached him pretty thorough about my style. And then you really cashed in. Well, I haven't got much myself, but I'm still able to wish you a Merry Christmas, Rasper. Although I don't think you'll ever have one. Chris, I... Well, I I got some things to do, Rasper. Carter asked me to pick up some things for the party at Lincoln Hall tomorrow. We always have a swell time at Carter's Christmas parties. Too bad you can't enjoy anything like that anymore. Well, as I said before, Rasper, Merry Christmas. Uh, how can a man work with his mind whirling like a merry-go-round? Christmas Eve. God, it's a fine excuse for people to go around yelling at each other in the streets, disturbing a man when he wants to get some work done. Oh. I might as well close the office and get some rest. Would have been home by now if the kid Chris hadn't taken up so much time. I don't know what Chris does for a living now. Wonder if Ah, that's none of my concern. Get home and get some sleep. That's what I need. Yeah, who's that? I'm closing up. Come back tomorrow morning. Oh,
8: I'm glad I got here before you left Ben. Uh, who is it? It's Nina, Ben. Oh, Nina? I only stopped by to speak to you for a moment. It's getting quite late and uh, i, I...
5: Well, sit down for a moment nina oh,
8: thank
5: Here, you let me get your chair
8: i uh, i suppose it's rather bold of me to come after all this time but
5: why, i no nina no why i'm glad you did is there something you want
8: oh no no there's nothing you can do for me ben jimmy and i are doing very nicely i just wanted to wish you a merry christmas I was in the neighborhood doing some shopping for the party that Mr. Carter's giving at Lincoln Hall tomorrow, and How is I... he,
5: Nina? Uh, Jimmy, I mean.
8: Oh, he's fine, Ben. He's full of life and interested in everything. He has a good head on his shoulders, and he's very handsome, too.
5: Oh, that's fine. Just fine. Uh,
8: you're looking a little tired, Ben. Are you feeling well?
5: Oh, uh, yes, yes, of course. I, I've, I've been working hard, that's all. I uh, don't spend much time at home. Uh, not much reason to.
8: Hmm. That's the way you wanted it, Ben. Don't you remember? Nina, Nina, where are you? Oh, Jimmy, there's Daddy. You wait here for Mommy like a good boy, won't you? Um, I- I'm coming, Ben. I've been keeping your dinner warm for you. I I hope you. What's the matter, Ben? You look as if. There's nothing, wa- Nina. Nothing.
5: I'm in a hurry. That's all.
8: Well, you're always in a hurry, aren't you? Never have time for.
5: Where's my dinner?
8: Sit down, Ben. I'll, I'll have it for you right away. <sighs> this plate is hot now. Be careful that you don't burn yourself.
5: I won't. Salt, please.
8: Here you are, dear. Ben, when you finished, won't you take time enough out of your business to help me get the tree decorated? I know Jimmy's too young to know much about it, but... I'd love to have his Christmas all ready for him in the morning. Look, I'll, I'll put him to sleep right away, and then we can start. See, I have some holly and mistletoe for the fireplace, and, and, and some I've got have time the... for that, Nina. But, Ben, it's Christmas Eve. Surely you I might have not... to
5: get back to the office. I'm putting on a championship match for a day in January, and the things have gone haywire. Something that can't wait till tomorrow. I have to get it organized right away, that's
8: all. Ben, this is Christmas Eve. Tomorrow will be Jimmy's first Christmas. Doesn't that mean anything to you?
5: You and Jimmy celebrate Christmas any way you want to, Nina. I have something more important to do. Business is more important than sentiment. You certainly can see that.
8: Yes, Ben. I can see that. I've been seeing it more and more during the last few years. I thought that when Jimmy came, maybe you were... No, I was wrong, wasn't I, Ben? You'd even let your love for business break up our home. Break up our. Oh, don't be melodramatic, Nina. I'm not being melodramatic, Ben. I'm. I'm trying to be very calm and quiet about it. I've had a lot of time to think when I've sat alone here night after night. And those days on end when you've been away, attending to your business.
5: And what has come out of all this sinking you've done?
8: Just this, Ben. I'm not going on any longer. Either you belong to your family or your family will get along without you.
5: I have to rush, Nina. Good night.
8: Get out. Good night, Ben. It's good. Goodbye. Jimmy and I are leaving tonight.
5: Look, I haven't time to talk about it with you now, Lena. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, this will probably take most of the night.
8: Good night. Goodbye, Ben,
5: of a chance to make it up to you, Nina.
8: You've had all the chance you wanted, Ben. But, Nina, I... I just dropped by to say hello and to give you a wish for happiness during the holidays. It's hard not to share with you the joy I have with Jimmy. I, I wish you could see his eyes dance at Mr. Carter's Christmas parties. Unfortunately, on what little I make, we can't very well afford to have our Christmas at home, but somehow we don't miss it. Everybody has such a grand time at Mr. Carter's party, and Jimmy does enjoy every minute that he's there. Goodness, I'll have to be on my way. Jimmy's waiting for me, and I have to make one more stop for Mr. Carter. Good night, Ben, and Merry Christmas.
5: Uh, this stuff doesn't taste like anything. Nothing at all understand what's got into me. It's good food, fixed the same as it always is. It just doesn't taste right, that's all. What's that? Someone at the door this time of the night? I'm coming, I'm coming. Hello, Ben, it's Fred Anderson. Uh, Glad I found you at home. I'm always at home this time of night. Yes, yes, I suppose you are, Ben. Uh, Can I come in? Of course. I brought your package, Ben. Nick Carter sent me around with it. Said he'd probably be here alone tomorrow, and he'd like you to have it. Carter? What's Carter sending me? <laughs> you might open it and see, Ben. I'm no mind reader. That's <laughs> hmm. any reason why Carter had one of... If... Hmm. What a port wine. Let's see the card. Merry Christmas from Nick Carter. What say I, dear? you know anything about this, Fred? No, but uh, Nick Carter's a funny duck. There's lots of things people don't expect him to. Why, I don't even know the man. Only saw him once, and then... Um, you want a glass of this wine, Fred? (laughs) Don't mind if I do, Ben. Seems it's Christmas Eve. I don't mind at all. There's some glasses here somewhere. Say, how do you open this thing? Here, I'll do it for you, Ben. Yeah, That does it. Now go ahead, you open it. Eh? Oh, yes, all right. Well, there, uh, ain't you drinking with me, Ben? Huh? Oh. Yes, I will. That's a ticket. <laughs> well, dear, here's Merry Christmas for you, Ben. Oh. Yes, uh, Merry Christmas. Well, how have you been keeping yourself, Fred? Oh, I've been sort of walking around Lincoln Hall since I was retired from the force. I see. You know, while I was coming here tonight, I was thinking about those old days when I walked a beat. Funny, most folks call them the good old days, but I don't. You did all right in those times, didn't you? Oh, sure, I got along. I was just thinking about the different attitudes folks have nowadays toward being given a hand. They appreciate it more, it seems to me. Charity's still charity, Fred. That hasn't changed. I guess it's all in the point of view, Ben. I guess you haven't changed with the times. That night I met you near the bridge. I was sure you were going to see that you were headed in the wrong direction and wake up in time. Remember that night, Ben? Well, it was Christmas Eve. You'd just come from the arena. They'd handed you your walking papers because you'd let them down. Cold. Well, Merry Christmas, officer. Oh, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Well, uh, uh, what you doing out on a night like this, Ben? I thought you'd be up at the arena getting the New Year's fights lined up. What? Oh, it's you, Anderson. No, I'm not at the arena anymore. That's so. What happened? Uh, they decided tonight they'd rather have Davis take over my job. Fine Christmas present, that is. Well, uh, that's tough news, Ben. What are you going to do now? I don't know. I can't seem to think straight. Oh, that's a crazy way for a man like you to talk. On a Christmas Eve, too? <laughs> Christmas Eve. That's never been anything but a jinx to me. First I get stuck with that no-good fighter all day. Then Nina leaves me and takes my son with her. And now the arena throws me out. Well, uh... Maybe you better stop and find out what it is you're doing wrong, Ben. Maybe you're the one that's to blame, not Christmas Eve. Ah, they all take advantage of me. I made all the money I could for them, but I'm not going to do it anymore. Oh, take it easy, Ben. Take it easy. you better go home and think it over. I have thought it over, Fred, and I know what the answer is. I'm going to make money for myself and nobody else. I'll show these people I'll make so much money they'll come crawling to me on their knees. I won't have to ask for anybody's sympathy. You don't pay to think like that, Ben. You'll regret it. Now, look. I know that Phil Boynton, who runs the shoe store down on Elm Street, is looking for a man to buy in with him. Why don't you... Me? We... Working a shoe store? Not in your life, Fred. I'm going after the big money. Big money! That's the only thing people understand, and I'm going to get it. Well, now you've got it, Ben. You're one of the richest men in town. And what's he got you? Why, I don't know. Ben, it's too bad you don't get around and see what nice people there are in the world. People like this Carter fella, for instance. Uh, does a man good to know people like him? Makes you feel there really is a Santa Claus, to see him bring the smiles to the kids' faces at those parties he gives down at Lincoln Hall. Oh, well, I'll be getting back there now, Ben. I've got a big day tomorrow. I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to you, Ben. I'll tell Nina I saw you. She'll be at the party tomorrow with young Jimmy. Good night, Ben. Okay, everybody, quiet now.
6: Go on that's right. It's about four days later on. Now, if you all light up along the wall over there and watch them out here by the tree, Lieutenant Riley will hand you your gift. Then you go around to the table, There and get your refreshment. Come on
5: now, line up. That's it, that's the ticket. Now, watch around here. Come on. Take your time now. Well, Patsy, how's it going?
7: Oh, Nick, it's wonderful. We're oh.
5: having a grand time. Oh, that's fine, Patsy. Hey, Patsy, look. Over hmm? there by the door. What do you see?
7: Where, Nick? Uh, well, who's
5: that? That, Patsy, is Ben Rasper. Oh, I hope he's come to join the party. For
7: heaven's sake, so that's the man I've heard so much about. Well, you
5: look scared to death, Nick. Look, Patsy, will you go over and make him welcome?
7: Oh, of course, Nick. Good. Hello there, Merry Christmas. I'm Patsy Bowen. Won't
5: oh, you join us? How do you do? I hope I'm not... Do you mind if I just watch?
7: Oh, of course not. Come right in.
5: I wanted to thank Mr. Carter for the gift he sent, and I. Nick's
7: right over there near the tree. Come along. Uh,
5: children seem to be enjoying themselves, don't they?
7: They certainly do. There's Lieutenant Riley handing out the gifts there. And Scotty Wilson with him, standing next to Mr.
5: Carter. Uh, yes, I met Mr. Wilson.
7: This little Lieutenant Riley, he's having as much fun as the children.
5: <laughs> so I see. Oh, there's a nice looking boy there, Mr. Uh, who? I mean, what's his name? Where? Uh, that one over there.
7: Oh, that's Jimmy. He's a nice boy. His mother was a big help to me in getting the refreshments ready. There she is, over there on the far side of the hall
5: with the table, see? Oh, yes. Her son. Yes.
7: Interesting. Oh, Nick, Nick, we have a new guest.
5: Oh, hello there, Mr. Rasper. Merry Christmas. I'm glad you could join us. Oh, thank you, Mr. Carter. I, I came to express my appreciation for the gift you sent me. I hardly know You'll how make to... Make nothing of it, Mr. Rasper. Your being here is thanks nice enough for me. Mr. Carter, uh, that little boy coming along the line there, Jimmy, I think his name is. Do you think I might give him? I mean, could I hand him his gift? Do you think? Why certainly, Riley. Oh, yeah. Mister Asper here wants to lend a hand. Can you use him?
7: Oh, sure thing.
5: Nick. Come along, Mister Asper. Uh, thank you, Mister
6: Carter. Well, you just hand him these packages as they come along,
5: Mister Rasper. <laughs> and enjoy yourself, man. <laughs> I will. Uh, there, little girl. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Say, she she liked it, didn't she?
6: Well, they all
5: appreciate a little kindness, Mr. Asper. Now, here's a gift for that little boy there. Oh. Hello. Jimmy. Here you are. And a merry Christmas, son. Mm -hmm. the day for you. Gosh, I haven't had so much fun since last year. You played those <laughs> games harder than any two kids in the bunch, Scubby. Yeah, and
7: lost practically every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: You're kidding.
5: Well, you really have to be in condition to keep up with these kids. Boy, they're wonders. Hey, where do they to get all that energy? That
7: will be one of the world's great mysteries for ever, Scubby. Nick, what are you thinking so hard about?
5: Oh, I was I was just thinking of the way Mr. Rasper took to the party. Oh. Hey, don't you mean the way the party took to Mr. Rasper,
7: Nick? Yeah, I never saw a man open up the way he did. Well, it was wonderful. The children just flocked around him.
5: That's one of the greatest jobs that Nick Carter ever did.
7: Well, what do you mean, Riley? Well,
5: Patsy, you'll never believe it, but when Nick and I went to see Rasper to get a contribution to the party, he was the hardest case of unadulterated unpleasantness I ever saw. But somehow Nick managed to get under his skin and bring out, well, what she saw tonight. Well, for
7: heaven's sake. How did you do it, Nick? Well,
5: it wasn't difficult, Patsy. You see, I could see when we first spoke to Rasper that he was fighting something. But I didn't know what it was. But from what Riley, Scubby, and you told me, I found that three different times Christmas Eve had brought him bad luck. First, the fighter O'Day. Then Mrs. Rasper had left Rasper on a Christmas Eve, taking his son Jimmy with her. And third, he'd lost his promoter's connection at the arena, also on Christmas Eve. Well, the whole thing added up. Rasper associated Christmas Eve with a list of unfortunate incidents and fought anything that suggested the holidays to him. He made a lot of money, but it never brought him happiness. The big thing for me was to make him realize that people and Christmas meant good and not evil. And from what I saw this afternoon, the Rasper family and the whole neighborhood, for that matter, is going to benefit by his awakening to that realization.
7: Oh, Nick, that's wonderful. You deserve a kiss for that.
5: Oh, thanks, Patsy. I'm glad you feel that way, too. You know, I'm happier this evening because of Mr. Rasper than I would be if I'd solved 20 murders. He's made this a really merry Christmas for all of us.
4: The Strange Adventures of Nick Carter, Master Detective, which are brought to you regularly at this time by WOR Mutual. What's your story going to be about next time, Nick?
7: It's a little different from the usual story, because it started out with Nick himself being the victim of a holdup.
4: Yes, and the men who held me up turned out to be innocent after all. Sounds a trifle complicated to me. It was
5: complicated, but interesting. And it gave me plenty of trouble before I found the solution.
7: Mm Including a sore throat that almost finished Nick Carter.
4: A sore throat? Why should that be dangerous?
7: Because it was the kind that you get from a rope around your neck.
4: Hey, wait a minute. You mean... (laughs) Well, the rest of the story you get two weeks from tonight, not now. So long, everybody. So long. So long, both of you. In the strange adventure you have just heard, Nick Carter was impersonated by Lon Clark, Patsy by Helen Choate, and Scubby by John Kane. The story was written for Nick Carter by Humphrey Davis. Original music was played by Lou White. The entire production was under the direction of Jock McGregor. Two weeks from tonight, at the same time, listen to another curious experience of Nick Carter, entitled The Double
5: Disguise.
4: feature of Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The return of Nick Carter is produced in the studios of WOR and is broadcast over most of these stations Monday evenings at 9.30 Eastern Wartime. This is Mutual.
0: And welcome back to the show. And, uh, we are, we are, like, this is the, um, Nick Carter. He is a detective, a private The. A private eye, and actually, uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, the, the in between the first rare show. This one,
6: <coughs>
0: uh, yeah, like the, the yeah like the old timey uh, radio, TV, and um, and um and others would take a like well known like story or book, and in this. Context with Nick Carter, it's uh, it's a ref or it's a retelling of the of the Christmas Carol by uh, the the uh, yeah yeah Dickens in in or through the lens of Nick Carter, the main character, and uh, and he kind of plays the the ghost who takes the guy on a the, the journey of self uh, journey of self-discovery <coughs> yeah like this yeah like like, uh, like well, I yeah I probably would not have the time or this would be like dozens hundreds of hours long because like uh, 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 for me I actually found these two episodes on uh, on the internet archive uh, yes any you know copyright is to the people who uploaded these episodes uh, uh, so no yes or no copyright or payments from this is intended for me but it's more to <coughs> like uh, 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 have a the special type of episode on the christmas day and yeah and like, you know, this like the you know, like this type of a thing this like, like like it's supposed to be showing us that hey the, 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 yeah there's stuff that we can do with our family with our friend with our coworkers on this a important day uh, like in that kind of context. And yeah, like the, like yeah. and yeah, like if you guys have any kind of your your like your own thoughts, your your own opinions, your own the stories about your your like your favorite dull timey radio shows or whatnot, please don't hesitate to email them to the underscore gamer at com. Again Stodrick underscore gamer at hotmail com. If, if you want to interact with me on Twitter, it's at RGB Podcast. RGB is in capital, and the rest is in lowercase. <coughs> and this is your host signing off.